Welcome by the Dutch EdTech Podcast. Weekly interviews with Dutch and European pioneers who work in the EdTech sector and pushing global education innovation forward. Learn about their personal stories, their market knowledge, and their vision around the future of learning. Welcome by the Dutch EdTech Podcast. Well, that was interesting. <laughs> Our first podcast together, Peter. Yeah, Rul, thank you very much for your time. This was, uh, this was the first one. We're learning. Uh, my first podcast, my first time interviewing you. Uh, it was a really one. I, I loved it. Uh, I learned a lot from you. Thank you for that. Yeah, I learned that my English is uh, is not uh, it's not that great. Um, so maybe we should learn the learn learn a bit more English as well. But hey, this was the first. This was the first. <laughs> no, I think you did re- you did really well, and um, this is also uh, for the people who listen. Uh, this is our first uh, Dutch EdTech podcast. Uh, it's a weekly interview with Dutch and European pioneers who work in the EdTech sector and pushing global education innovation forward. Uh, uh, and podcast to learn about their personal stories, their market knowledge, and their vision about around the future of learning. And this podcast is part of the Dutch EdTech Foundation that Rule uh, and and me and also Ruben Nieuwhuis are uh, starting. Um, and we want to bring it bring the EdTech community together through insights, online events, podcasts, and networker opportunities. And um, this was the first podcast that we did together. Um, And probably uh, we have still a lot to learn, uh, but that's exactly why this community exists, uh, to learn from each other and uh, to bring people together. So, uh, and that's, I think, what we did tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So, Rule, good evening uh, by the Dutch EdTech podcast, the first one. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much. So this one is a little bit special because this is the first Dutch EdTech uh, podcast. It's also my first one that I'm going to host as a, as a person. So I'm going to interview you. Um, I would love to, uh, I hope the listeners want to hear a lot about uh, your, your, what you're doing, your projects, your point of view in EdTech, the future of learning, uh, sharing your knowledge. So uh, this one is a little bit special, but let, let's let's just talk and um, and uh, let's have a look where this go. Yeah, this, um, this is learning as well, right? hundred percent. This is learning as well, uh, learning and unlearning and relearning. So it's all part of uh, a part of the podcast. We're up but, uh, in you towards the podcast host. Exactly, <laughs> step by step. So uh, no, I like it. Hey, Rul, um, uh, I have some questions. Um, Let's, uh, we're going to, uh, we agreed, let's talk for roughly one hour. Um, um, for the listeners who don't know who you are, uh, could you maybe introduce yourself and what you are doing in this ad tech space more? So your, your current projects, um, that would be maybe a good start to, uh, to kick off. Yeah, great. Well, maybe to start with the last five years, uh, because then I've been a managing director of the University of the Netherlands. Uh, and this is a platform uh, started by Alexander Klipping and Martin uh, Blankstein. And basically, this platform is here to um, uh, distribute lectures. So the best scientists of the country, they give lectures for free. Uh, we record those lectures and broadcast them. Um, and this was a foundation. But this is where I learned, like, uh, like we got to meet so many scientists. And basically, mm-hmm. I got to interview them 
Um, and this opportunity helped me to start Itorium. And Itorium is our, um, well, more basically our educational startup. Yeah. And Itorium is creating appealing learning journeys. Uh, and we do that by, um, uh, we, well, we have three services. And basically, these are three steps. And the first one is where we uh, design learning journeys in co-creation with the client. And we use our learning canvas for that. Um, the yep. learning canvas is basically a structure process um, where we design uh, learning journeys. And then after that step, we will uh, uh, we do yeah a bit more like a deep dive uh, where we create yep. the content. So this is more like execution. Um, and this can be video content or anything uh, or anything else, uh, AR, VR, um, like complete immersive content. And the yep. third part is there is the step where we help them with tools. And this is our main project uh, where we're designing and developing the virtual classroom. So a studio in combination with an interface. Um, so we can have like interaction without being together in the same room. Um, and this became uh, quite important for the last uh, 12 months or there was some urgence at least to say it like that. Yeah. Uh, and we, we have been working on this for six years or so. We weren't ready uh, in the beginning of COVID, but uh, now we're in the la uh, the last phase. So um, yeah, hopefully we can help uh, universities, companies, organizations to uh, to go digital, to go online. Well, what what motivated you for with the, with the classroom of your future? Eh? You you said with the, what motivated you to do that 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 step because this is an, it's a hard challenge to crack. It's a, it's a tough step. Like we have latency issues, so this is just technical. Um, um, I find it interesting, but this is not the reason why. The reason why is basically that um, my starting point is that I would love to have everybody in the same room um, um, to be able to learn, but it's not always possible due to climate change. Yeah, we can't fly around the world to meet everybody constantly. Nope. But secondly, it's all—it's not always the most effective way. Uh, to give you an example, um, when we're learning at organizations, sometimes we go like we go away for two or three days, and then when we came, uh, when we come back, your uh, inbox is exploded, or you have like uh, the best course ever. But after three days, you come back and you find out that your own course or your own situation at work uh, is a bit different. And then you would love to to have like a conversation or a discussion with the students for the uh, you met the last day, uh, days to say, hey, my situation is a bit different. So I hope that we can design a tool where um, where you maybe start like for a full day, but then every week you can uh, spend one hour online together to to talk uh, to talk about your own situation. So it's just basically a tool that uh, that would help fix the synchronous problem. If we can't be together, uh, the synchronous communication. So, um, yeah, this is this is not only about technology, and that is what it amazed me. Like we we shouldn't focusing on technology. This is yeah, latency is an issue. This just uh, just technical. But I think we should focus more on what do we need if we're not together in the same room. What do what should we design in order to to help the conversation or the discussion or the knowledge transfer? Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, and will this be first used by universities or or bigger organizations? Or I think just in a practical side, it will that it will start at at corporates, uh, or maybe in yeah. some sort of a niche like the medical um, uh, the medical niche, um, since 
they have quite some issues if you can't see, for example, some some models. Um, so I think they would benefit the most in the short term. Um, so I think we should start with the medical, yeah, the medical side. So there, that's the industry where you see the first early signals for this kind of product and uh, they're happy to invest in trying. Yeah, that. definitely. We also see like, for example, Labster. Um, uh, this is not only in the medical, but also in the in the biology or the chemistry. Um, they created like a virtual lab. Uh, this is not always synchronous. So you can also do it like in your own time or your, at your own pace. But we see that if you can, um, can create a tool, uh, for example, like Labster, where you spend your time in the virtual lab before going to like the real and the physical lab, um, uh, you can get a lot more out of the time in a lab. Um, and this is what I hope to uh, like to build also for the medical industry, that we can look, at to, uh, look into bodies, for example, but virtually, like digitally, before you go uh, towards see patients. Um, yeah, so I think we, we, uh, we will see innovation quite, uh, quite soon there due to uh, the urgence. Yeah. Hey, and and um, with this kind of tool, eh, what are, for example, the, yeah, the blockers you see or the mindset problems people have when you talk about this? Like, are they enthusiastic or do you see, oh, I still need to convince people to to try it out or to, to play around with it or to start using it maybe? Um, at a biggest company or a university? Yeah, that's a good one. Basically, what we see is that everybody thinking, oh, well, this is a great tool. When can we start? And basically, what we, yeah. say, what we say is, no, we should look into the learning canvas because it should be a part in your, like, in your total learning journey. Um, um, if the content before ain't great or you just want to say, hey, here's a tool and now um, uh, start off and it will be fine, that's not the case because teaching online or remotely it's something, yeah, it's, it's much more different. Um, so, yeah, yeah, this is basically the problem with the mindset or a blo big blocker. It's not only technology, it's also, yeah, the didactics. Uh, it should be completely different. Well, not completely, but you have different kind of tools, you have different kind of options to get people uh, engaged, for example. Um, yeah. So before the, the first blocker is <laughs> to, to get rid of the, uh, the acceptance that it, that it is different uh, or that's not different, uh, and if we agree on, hey, this is a completely new tool, all right, then we can look into the technology. Yeah, and and uh, it sounds so obvious, yeah, like uh, making it more engaging and, and making people more, uh, yeah, when they're not in the room at the same time, that they can um, maybe learn from each other or, or talk or, or the information goes better. Um, why is it? Why is it then? Still, for um, you're trying it out now. I'm I'm wondering why. Um, um, wh which organization is next to the health uh, that you that you just mentioned will be, for example, people who see the potential and say, okay, let's 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 test it and try it out. Um, can you can you show some more um, or tell some more examples? Yeah, well, this could be in the corporate in sector cases. as well. But maybe to to yeah. to to get back to your first question. I think to give you an example of, of like what we're learning during this research, uh, and the first one was, for example, if people are not familiar with technology uh, or confident, um, they, there, there yeah. won't be any uh, knowledge transfer. So if you, 
uh, for example, doing an exam afterwards and you find out that nobody has learned anything, it's probably because they have been focusing on the tool. So where should I press the, this button? When should I press this button? Um, and this is what we're finding out. So if we're designing a tool to have an in, to have interaction, uh, we should also we should also look into these kind of practical problems. So this is basically where we have been focusing on for the last few years. Um, um, what do we need to do in order to have it to have to have a discussion? So what does it mean yeah. to interact? It's not only to create a poll, for example, or poll function. It's also when should it be there, um, and then how should it look like, um, and can you prepare it or not? So this was this is quite basic, um, and maybe some some examples of what what you could do, and this could be, for example, um, you're in, you're an architect, um, and normally yeah. you would fly out and bring some models with you, uh, with our AR table, like we have you have some, if you're the teacher or you're the the trainer. You have a table in front of you, and this is where you can can show some AR models in 3D, and the students can see yeah. it and interact with it. So then you don't have to be together in the same room, but you still can can, uh, can see each other's face and uh, see uh, each other's expressions. This is something is quite hard with VR, for example. Like I'm really interested in yeah. this technology, but still, uh, then you're looking at an avatar, and this is different. Uh, sometimes you just want to see like um, what somebody's face is doing. Well, and this is in a corporate world that makes it interesting um, and necessary because this is why we are flying towards the other uh, the other side of the world is to really look yeah, at it yeah. each other. Yeah. Hey, and how do uh, do you already have like something like an onboarding then for those people to use the tool? Because there's almost like a new way of teaching almost for some people. Yeah. So at the moment, it's, it's like uh, we create everything like um, uh, just for the case. So it's not like the scalable tool, a scalable tool already. Uh, the onboarding, for example, is is the learning canvas. It really starts the the onboarding starts at by creating the learning journey, um, and then for the teachers, uh, we slowly go through through yeah uh, by creating the content. We're already training them in how should you talk into a camera, for example. Um, yeah. This is where it starts. <laughs> the the basics. basics, yeah. And okay, cool. Hey, and um, I love that. Uh, and where, where do you see it? Like, let's say five years or ten years. I don't know. Like, how long this technology needs to get adopted and to could be uh, distributed? Oh, I think it will be quite, quite the, mature the... already in five years' time. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah? Um, I think COVID helped us there. Uh, people now understand that it's not only. Um, uh, to reduce uh, the movement, uh, for example, reduce uh, plane movements, uh, but that it can also be very effective uh, in certain cases. So I think this is this was one of the biggest bloggers, um, and if we now we can get rid of that, um, I think on the latency uh, side, we I think we discovered like the real solution for that now. So yeah, in five years' times, what I hope is that we have like a network of studios around the world where teachers and trainers can go to, mm -hmm. um, and the rest is like an interface. So that's scalable. So I think, yeah, I think it can be quite mature already. The next step would be yeah. that you could see each other like um, uh, completely. Yeah? So with with <laughs> from your feet on. Um, but that's yeah, that's something that should happen on the other side of the laptop because the students on in our model, the students is still like working from a laptop or an iPad. Um, that is something we can't change, and we can't change their uh, uh, network connection. 
So this is something we have to deal with on the other side. But yeah, when technology prices drop, for example, on a HoloLens or a VR, yeah, that could be the next step. But I think that's quite, that's still quite far away when we're looking at a mess. Yeah, and and then let's say in five years, would you say or or ten? Let's say this is successful and this 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 technology will be. Um, um, more use like what will be the outcome if companies will use this for example like would the learning be improved experience would the would people be more engaged in learning will the information be presented better or is it more uh, that we don't yeah less traveling for example and still have great meetings and and great um, lectures uh, because we don't need to be in the room. Like, what, what's the outcome in you know, five years if this technology will be well, adopted? Well, to start with the last one, uh, your, 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 your quote was that we would travel less. Uh, I think if we travel, that it's yeah. more uh, effective. So if we're going to take a plane uh, and fly towards our colleagues, uh, it will be uh, more effective because we have been thinking about it. Should we go or shouldn't we go? And if we don't go, we still have a great tool um, uh, that can help us a lot. So I think... Um, uh, we will reduce flight movements definitely for sure and if we do it we have been thinking about it uh, so that's one of the outcomes um, the other outcome is that um, I think learning has become a part of your uh, working week instead of oh I have this webinar or this e-learning I will do it at night um, Yeah, when I don't want to do it like it's it should be part of the work yeah, it's not engaging. exactly and if you yeah. do it it should be engaging uh, otherwise you won't do it anymore um, and I think our tool will help to create like this engagement in a, in a live session. So when we create content, it should be engaging in, in a way that it's like attractive. Um, so it should be appealing, uh, appealing videos, for example, uh, where also the didactics are really like uh, thought through. Um, and with the live, the live learning, I think the synchronous part, I think we will do it more often, but maybe not for two or three hours, but maybe just for like 30 or 45 minutes. So it's just like a get together. Hey, what do you think on this? All right. Um, uh, the next few weeks, you will follow this uh, online content. We'll get back to each other next week or from now on every two or three days. Um, so it's, I think it should yeah, break down a barrier because yeah, it makes it yeah. more simple to, to learn together. You don't have to put the agendas uh, awesome. like uh, together and say, or right, when can you go towards this meeting in this hotel? Uh, no, it's just you can do it from home. Doesn't matter where you are. Yeah, is is it also for you an um, an, an dream or like a goal where you say, um, um, I want a, like a certain metrics that you want to improve about the engagement? I don't know how you measure this, or do you measure it, or you say like, okay, learning is in general this kind of MPS, MPS score uh, and we would love to with our tool to uh, boost it. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's this is quite a tough question because um, maybe sometimes you're in a class and it could be a very good class, like a live one uh, in a physical space, but you haven't, uh, you haven't said anything, but still maybe you're very like, this was the best class ever. Uh, but somebody else uh, yeah. uh, asked the question you also had in your mind. Um, I do think there should be like enough engagement, but it, how do you measure it? This makes it quite tough. This could be like uh, like an MPS score, uh, asking the class, what do you think of this class? Was yeah. it good? Yeah, it was really good. Okay, do we see it back in the exam later on, for example, or uh, 
do we need an exam? Uh, do we need to check it or not? So this is quite a tough one. I think we will start with just uh, something like an NPS score. Uh, was it engaging? Were you yeah. were you intrigued by by the content? Was the teacher all right or not? Um, yeah, I think we'll start with that, and we're looking into some other kind of KPIs or how you would call it. But it is quite tough because it's not it's not reflecting the real situation sometimes uh, these numbers. So you should see it in like a broader context. Yeah. No, no. I'm I'm asking because I'm I'm, I'm I know you too a little bit and I'm thinking like uh, uh, when I did my studies in my master for example I had like ten or fifteen different professors I can still remember one or two who were amazing they were like engaging with great storytelling amazing content and that experience was great but the other teachers sorry to say they were boring and I cannot even remember anymore what I was learning there <laughs> so I'm 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 wondering how you uh, with this tool, of course, can you make the other tra- the, the, the the professors or the teachers who were who are already great? Can you make them even greater? Or, for example, also can you the people who are maybe not the best storytellers or the best, yeah, teachers presenting with slides or or like, for example, everybody understands the or can imagine the the professors who are like having big PowerPoint slides with twelve bullet <laughs> points and you're like, oh, I'm bored. Uh, that's that's what you try to make make way way uh, make way more engaging and, and and fun and that you want to follow it. So well, maybe uh, good to to give like an insight uh, in in yeah. how we look at uh, at at education. Uh, we divide it in three columns. Um, mm-hmm. The first one is uh, is the lecture uh, as we uh, as we know it like currently. Uh, three or four hundred people in a, in a, in a yeah. room. Um, now it's also there for knowledge transfer. I think this should be more on on inspiration and motivation. Um, and the second column is there for knowledge transfer, like to to learn skills. This could be on demand as well, um, not completely, but but maybe mostly. And the third column is like the working session, the working groups, where you have like student groups of twenty to thirty, maybe. Um, I still think the best would be like physical, but there's another one and that should be the virtual classroom. So I think we are replacing the working groups. And the, this is the last part where you're mainly focusing on discussion and like learning together and talk about everything you learned before. So I hope that the best teacher should be in column one uh, for the inspiration to motivate everybody. Like this is why this subject is very important. And I think... Um, because it's quite tough to inspire like three or 400 people at the same time, uh, live or not live. Um, but in a working session, uh, it's more or less if you're, if you're very good at your, um, uh, at your topic, it's, it's, it's easier to, to like have a, to have a conversation with 20 or 30 people or to inspire a big class that is, that is quiet and looking at you. Um, so I think we should give, people like teachers the space they deserve so the best teacher should be there for the whole group uh, and teachers who think that is quite exciting or uh, it's it's tough um, and they're made, yeah. uh, maybe a bit anxious about it they should they should be focusing on column two and three uh, really focusing about discussion and knowledge transfer um, so this is i think our tool should should maybe um, uh, helpful for them to yeah, to give them the space where they can be the best at. Um, so this is what I believe. The best teacher should be here for the group. And uh, the other teachers should, well, mainly focus more than maybe on research uh, or on uh, on smaller groups. 
because that's well it's not easier but it's different and for more people that is easier and how, how do you if if we look at like the, the the industry of knowledge and for example i'm thinking of uh, you had the the world right door and you had the the, the university right door yeah, from the from the program uh, with like great professors and they made a whole studio with with uh, amazing uh, teachers uh, presenting something and uh, if if you look at the, that's an example of like um, giving the sh- giving one person um, yeah uh, almost on prime time television the time to explain a difficult topic for example the universe or the the smallest object in in, in science um they did a great broadcast and it was like almost like yeah, making education fun and engaging and it was on, on television and then the other other one for example you have like masterclass mm-hmm. and the, the the platform where they also invite almost the best of the best in that industry to teach something um do you do you see because you're building this tool that you Will there still be, do we still need in, for example, in the Netherlands, uh, after a while, thousands um, uh, science professors? Uh, because uh, maybe one science professor can be in the Netherlands, be the number one, and that person will make m- amazing, inspiring videos and will be going to the studio. And in the Netherlands, we use that kind of videos for all the Well, I do think we need, we will need like a, a, all the professors. Um, but I do agree that. Um, in the Netherlands, it's like this, that every teacher is creating uh, also their own learning materials. Um, they should have the freedom to do it, yep. but some of them are really good at it and some aren't and some even don't like it. Uh, it amazes me that uh, we spend millions, well, basically billions on learning, um, uh, but and we create one or two or three books um, uh, per subject, but we haven't we don't have a database of of the best teachers giving the the, the basic subjects. Um, every teacher is creating them for themselves. Well, this is amazed me, uh, and and they do it every year again. And sometimes they need to do it because the subject or the topic. <laughs> uh, there are some latest insights you should uh, you should implement. But still, why why can't the best professor uh, record this lecture? Uh, and yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree yeah. on that topic. But this is also what we're doing, basically. Yeah. So um, the University of the Netherlands is creating a database like that. So I'm I'm a bit biased, but this is more on inspirational videos. So it's only 15 minutes. It's not replacing a, a topic. But I think universities should and could do it, um, at least for their own faculty or yeah. their own university, and maybe later on for the whole country. Or you you could even think about it. Um, the, the first lecture psychology. Why don't we record it with somebody from Harvard and everybody has access to it? Um, and then the teachers can focus more on, on the working class, on like on the working groups and have a discussion about it. So we don't spend time of thousands of yep. teachers on the same topic that we can record and can be uh, yeah uh, relevant for at least two years, two, maybe sometimes three. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting, uh, uh, efficient, and also speed, and probably even like uh, knowledge transfer could be in that part uh, way quicker and and more efficient. That's uh, definitely. Hey, um, if if we look at the, the future and edtech in general, um, um, besides your company, like uh, because you're 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 interested in the space, 
we're going to do to, together. We're building up Dutch EdTech as a foundation. What are things that you see in just EdTech in general? Is it like, okay, uh, this is a young uh, industry. A um, couple of things that, that super motivate me, but it also uh, um, I'm inspired to see those kind of changes or trends. Well, there are a few. And 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 Anything for to, to me, like yeah. this, this learning space, it's it's so broad. So um, maybe one from like a, a, a private perspective, like or for somebody like from individual, um, and maybe one from uh, like more like an employer view. The first one is quite. There's so much online. Yeah. Um, hey, you saw um, there there there's dozens of platforms, um, and I'm as an individual still looking for. What is okay? Uh, what is good? What ain't? Um, what is effective or or not? So this space is quite. This whole industry is is still very young, um, and I'm looking for some guidance in it um, during learning. Yeah, the guidance of somebody is teaching me, but maybe also some guidance in in this whole landscape. Uh, what is going to be there for a while, or what is there just since because of it's a hype. Um, so this amazes me that it, that the industry is very young um, and that the trends are going quite quickly now. Uh, but you see some of the the trends there, well, there to stay. Um, and maybe we should do a deep dive later, later on. But and the second one is it's is that no, not everyone is um, um, everybody. Not everybody's happy with it, like how it is. So th- we have dozens and, and, and like really dozens of e-learnings that is just rubbish it's boring uh, learning yeah. is there because you need to uh, or you have to from your boss and not it because you want to um yeah. and this is shifting like we completely if we speak to organizations or companies uh, and also to the individuals themselves is that they really want to learn stuff um so i think this, the, the starting point is everybody is curious and is willing and wanting to uh, learn um it's just that it's not always. Yeah. Um, it's not always there. It's not facilitated. But uh, why are um, wh- why are those companies? Buying yeah, those I think companies? because uh, oh yeah, we have to do something for them. Uh, that is, I, I think that is that was yeah. what it was, and it's changing now. Uh, but th- this is the, exactly the question we ask companies. So, for example, there was one company they spent uh, around twenty million on learning. And, uh, and I said, well, it's, it's a lot. So you take it definitely, uh, you take it serious. Oh yeah, definitely. But I said, why 20 million? And nobody's really there, to, like is, is having an answer on that. Because if it's that important and it has an, yeah, it has some sort of an ROI, um, why, why not 40 million? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, do, you, and do you think now with technology that, that, ROI is now better to measure, and then that's why the whole ethics um, space will accelerate. Well, and learning in general, uh, the ROI I think is still very tough, like because it's an in the, it, it's quite indirect, it's very abstract. Um, if you have learned a course about statistics, okay, uh, what what has it done for you uh, later on, um, and 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 what has it done for the company? Yep. I think that's quite tough to measure like uh, within a few weeks or within a year, but maybe on a global scale that it makes it a lot easier. And of course, tech can help with that. Um, I think tech can help in 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 finding, uh, well, for example, on a course. If the course is, 
in some somewhere in the country um uh, and people give it yeah it was an eight on a scale of 10 uh, eight out of 10 is still good but where did you drop off have you been there for the eight hours and were you engaged for eight hours or was it overall well it was all right so it was an eight out of ten uh, i think technology can help us to give us more insights on a detail uh detailed level um Mm-hmm. So I hope, yeah, it will also select <laughs> which uh, which courses are more effective and engaging than others. Um, yeah, you can make a lot more interesting analysis. Yeah, and the, yeah, definitely, definitely. And and uh, the, just in general, the Corona is that accelerating um, your business, but also in general, uh, the whole learning. Um, uh, innovation that is yeah. necessary for, for us it is it's it, it, it basically removing all the blockers yeah. um i think that's the, the the first and the best point for us because uh, yeah employers were basically stating well yeah learning is important but why should it be engaging well they do it right um and now if since everything is online yeah everybody's uh, yeah is aware of the fact that it is quite boring and uh, if this is the only thing, you really are, uh, yeah. You see the fact that it's it's, it's rubbish. So I think this is this is what it changed. Um, uh, a lot of the employers haven't been doing any e-learnings themselves. It was just there for their uh, for the for the rest of the staff. Um, and I think that changed now because now they're part of it and they they needed to reskill and upskill all their employers uh, or employees. And, um, and and then they, they noticed, well, this is not working. <laughs> so um, I think that changed, that was the biggest change for us. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, no, definitely. And, it, and it, it is still so strange if you think about it. There, there's so much out there on, uh, let's take YouTube. Uh, it's, it's one of the biggest libraries in the world with content. And almost like every topic you probably could uh, search. Um, but people don't do it. Or, the, or a small percentage of people do it. That's, and they that's have probably maybe the lack of guidance, right? So the, people the, need the guidance. The fact of like, where support. do I have to search? Yeah. And, and yeah. is it is it has it a quality stamp or not? Um, and I think this is what, yeah, it's from unbundling towards yeah. bundling again. Uh, have you have everything at once or, uh, and should there be some guidance? At first you watch this video, then you go towards the next one. And, um, and, and yeah, it has it some sort of quality. Um, this is, for example, what the University of the Netherlands now have. If you watch it, you it is on YouTube, eh? so it's all for free, so you can find it. But when you see the logo, you know, all right, this is from a Dutch university. Yep. Um, so it's not somebody from uh, from any kind of corporate. Um, yeah, and you can gain some trust out of that. Um, yeah. And can, can you maybe, uh, with the University of the Netherlands, can you share... Are you? I don't know if you are even allowed. Are you allowed to share some stats or something? Or like, uh, are people coming back more often? Do you have a group of like uh, extremely uh, binge watching University of the Netherlands uh, people? For yeah, it's both. Do so um, I think um, our video lectures now yeah. are now also like in a podcast way. Uh, so we just got got the audio and put it on uh, Spotify. Mm-hmm. Uh, over four hundred thousand people are listening it per month um, in the Netherlands. Um, yeah, over four hundred thousand per month. So that's millions a year now. Um, And uh, the videos are also attached to articles in newspapers. Um, So in the newspaper apps, 
And yeah. this is just when it's like, when it's relevant. So then uh, you can maybe watch one video and never heard about us. Um, so that's more like a, a, yeah, a view per time or like view when it's, uh, when it's relevant. Um, so we have it both. So we have a, a community. Mm-hmm. We have over 120,000 subscribers, I think, on YouTube. Um, and yeah, they are, pro- yeah, of course, they are more engaged and come back every now and then. Um, but by using it in, in, in like in the daily newspapers um, and on the news websites, yeah, yep. this helps us also to, to, uh, to find a lot of people. What amazed me is that audio, for example, is over 75% is really like listening towards the end. Uh, while on YouTube, within two or three minutes, people are deciding if, if they're going to watch it or not. So this gives us the insight that if you're going to spend time on audio, you probably are, you have made some choices up front um, how bad you wanted to listen. Yeah. Or, or is, is it the, yeah. Or, or is it, is it the, uh, the, where you listen as well? If you do audio, maybe you do some other stuff, uh, like uh, you go to the supermarket or something and, and you just listen, you continue listening in it. And if you do YouTube, you need to, now, most of the time you 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 watch it, so you need to yeah, still exactly. or people were maybe, were like uh, emailing us. Like, this is how we got the insights that they were listening towards our uh, uh, listening to our YouTube videos, <laughs> and this is the reason why we said, "How can you listen to our videos?" Because then it should be a podcast. So we try to make our podcast a yeah. podcast now, and to create our videos that you have to see it. For example, we do a lot more experiments now in the video. So you really can see it and it has a visual element like that is much more important than it was before. Um, so yeah, you, yeah, you can't really tell um, from the audio stats if people are like listening with all their, uh, well, with all their focus. And, um, but uh, yeah, when they're emailing us, I think they're still really like listening. It's, but still, it, our videos and podcasts are more for inspiration um and get some insights you don't have to like recall all the the knowledge that has been uh has been quoted um, yeah and then do you uh are there uh any insights that you have like uh what doesn't work on, on well maybe audio? on there was a simple any lectures that need to be really yeah so that was an audio so with the first time we had the the audio from the videos uh, on on spotify and then they were referring to on the screens behind me you will see this and this and this uh, something you can't do so this is we had to change and that's why now we created a podcast that is like audio first um what interested me on spot on youtube was that um so my background is also in media production and normally we would build up towards a commercial like, hey, you have to people get engaged so they will watch the next part of the, the episode because there was a commercial break. So um, this is also how we have built up our, our mm-hmm. lectures. So you will start watching and at the end of the, the lecture, you will get the answer to the question because all our lectures are starting with, a, with an interesting uh, question. Um, but uh, we found out with some, with some tests we did together with YouTube that if we would give away the, the the answer on the question like immediately uh, people would list uh, would watch longer so they weren't interested in only the answer this was just yeah some satisfaction <laughs> all right now the, i know the answer but why is it like that and i think this is quite interesting because this is not how we teach at least not in the netherlands we always teach all right today we're going to discuss and then we build it up all yeah, yeah always uh, to the end 
but this insight gave us uh, gave us reason to to know give away all the full answer so why is it like that here's the answer and then we will start yeah. the, the why questions and the how questions uh, and people are were yeah over a minute and a half longer on average uh, they would watch the video uh, just when we give the question away uh, the answer on the question away in the beginning mm-hmm. Wow. Hey, and, and, and well, the University of Europe is next. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, oh, that's definitely on the yeah. roadmap. Uh, the, University of the, the World, uh, hopefully as well. I hope that everybody in a country has access to, to at least the, the basic lectures um, in their mother language. That's our dream. Uh, for free. And if you want to study, well, then you can still go towards an academy or a university. But I think the basic lectures should really there, uh, um, be there for free. This is- yeah. And, and uh, uh, what are topics where you, do you see new topics in the future, for example, on uh, well-being is now, for example, really important. Or maybe yeah, we're already doing it. Um, so it really, it's more, like we're covering uh, all the topics. Uh, and there's, the- there's actually quite a lot of scientific research on these mm-hmm. kind of topics. Um, and they are very popular right now. Uh, we always see that the technical topics are also very um, um, very popular. But yeah, this is something we're really looking into. For example, why mm-hmm. are so many millennials um, uh, at home with a burnout? This was one of the one of the videos that went so viral. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it it can be like relevant um, and newsworthy, and it can be like timeless. Uh, uh, when we're talking more about the, the general scientific subjects. Yeah. So you, well, you basically, it is. It is uh, Ted has also some a lot of uh, these kind of topics. Um, the difference is that we only have scientists on our stage, yeah. and it's not only ideas worth spreading. It's really like no, it's only lectures. Um, so if you go towards our platform. You will only see, yeah, you will know for uh, from the start it's there. It's a, it's a teacher on stage, a scientist, and it's not some, it's not an artist mm-hmm. uh, who tries to inspire us, uh, which is great, but it's something different. It's something different. Okay, I understand. Yeah. Hey, and um, 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 something I'm, I'm wondering now, you're, you're, how um, are you now? I think with the future, the classroom of the future, the virtual classroom, we started six years ago, and I think the University of the Netherlands and the University of Flanders now. Uh, so we're also live in Belgium. I think that's it. Eight years already that it started to go. Yeah, and now we have the first digital summer school oh, wow. in Belgium oh, wow. um, hey, and- for kids, uh, and hopefully we will have the school of the Netherlands uh, quite soon as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, we're keep we keep working. These are all foundations. So uh, the company Itorium is a it, it, it's like a company uh, for profit, and the rest is 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 our yeah our hobby. But yeah, it yeah. became a bit bigger than. Uh, <laughs> but it takes a lot of time. Yeah, but it takes a lot of time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it's important. It's good, and uh, that's a... hey. What um, is something I would love to have more time to for coding uh, and to learn it a lot more. So I'm just like like everybody has been doing. I've been to to Code Academy and all that kinds of stuff. But um, if you if if you don't use it for like at least uh, a few months after each other, yeah, you lose it again. So um, this is something. Uh, 
yeah, I want to do more, much more. Much more. Okay. And what is something, I don't know if you have it in front of you or if you can envision it, but is there also something you have unlearned in that six, seven years uh, or eight years uh, that you are now being an entrepreneur and running the foundations and building out uh, the classroom of the future? Uh, stuff that you thought like, oh, this is how it normally goes, uh, but more on, on more on. on yeah, probably constantly because um, in the beginning I would do everything on myself, and I'm still learning on on how to to like mm -hmm. to to do this with the whole team. Um, and when you're further in the project, that's that's easier. But especially in the beginning, like you want to use everybody's energy, but still it's quite hard because you don't have a um, a clear vision of what it exactly should be because it's still unclear. And this is why you're doing research. And and the R&D phase, I think what I'm learning is how to use everybody's skills and knowledge, uh, but really to, yeah, to focus, to focusing on solving one problem or a particular problem without knowing what, what problem exactly should be uh, solved. Um, this is, I'm still, I'm still struggling with this. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't learn this at school like completely. Uh, you learn to yeah. to work on on a project together, but yeah, not in this way. This is different. Okay. Are there are there any courses that you see next besides the coding that you think like, oh, I would love to go to that school or that online or I admire them? I oh, there are lots of them. But there's one. Um, it online. is a Dutch uh, scientist. She's working at Harvard, and she's on branding. Um, and I think every everybody who uh, from Hollywood went there um, to build their own brand. I would just, I would love to be there just okay. to, to see how she teaches because yeah, I hear the greatest stories about her. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll look it up because I'm, I'm, I'm do you know her name <laughs> or, uh... okay. <laughs> As he said, yeah. Dutch, Dutch professor. Marketing branding. branding on, uh, Great. On okay. Oh, no. Marketing branding. Okay. And you heard the you yeah, heard like the, like literally. Good stories I think, about it. Um, the, the the most uh, like the the biggest names went there, as they well, this is the best course I've ever experienced, and I'm really curious. Mm -hmm. Okay, what has it made so like what made it so interesting? Why is this the best course? I'm really interested in what is she doing? Not not only because of the yeah. the topic. I'm really interested in in how she's doing it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's that's. Uh, do you know any are there uh, um, any uh, any articles or books or people that you follow that have uh, created almost like a formula of like the best learning experience? Because we just talked about like uh, how to measure it, for example, or the return of investment from learning, or especially then a little bit, let's say, uh, adult education uh, space. Um, I suppose yeah, those people, people do, do a lot of research, but mostly in a time of to make it effective, eh? uh, which is the biggest, uh, I think it should be the biggest part as well. But I think a, a condition, and uh, not maybe the purpose, but a condition should yeah. be that it's also engaging or attractive. And it, it doesn't have to always be easy, and that is sometimes confused with engaging. Uh, it can be a tough course, 
but it can be engaging uh, maybe because you're so inspired that you want to work hard even uh, if it's tough um, so i i read a lot about how to create effective yeah. courses but i i don't see a lot of uh, lectures about um, and literature about engaging um, and this is when we're coming from the media that is our basically the only thing we are trying to yeah. to solve like to 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 look after um, so I think they should write a lot more about it um, yeah. but I'm focused yeah I'm following a lot of like Gilly Selman and uh, the Thomas More group uh, in Belgium okay. um, it's mostly focused on K-12 but still, it, 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 yeah, mm -hmm. it also makes sense for adults in the most of the time. Um, and why do you think that is? Why, why is? why is being engaging or an enjoyable course? I think, it, I think it's a dirty word in, in like current educational system or, uh, because it's marketing. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it feels like if it's marketing. And marketing is not, um, is not the topic. It's not, it's not math itself. Um, and I think this is, what, for example, what Outlier does. Outlier is the, um, the platform from uh, um, the founders of Masterclass. What they did is to create like engaging videos uh, about calculus, for example. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it, I think it doesn't affect yeah. the content. Um, it just makes it more interesting. Uh, and this is basically what good teachers do as well. So when we started the University of the Netherlands, we just asked, for which teacher uh, do you want to be there on a Monday morning at eight o'clock? Um, and when people would refer uh, to the same teacher at least three times, yeah. we would know, all right, this is definitely a teacher that inspires and, uh, um, and gives engaging class. Um, yeah. And then it's not dirty. <laughs> but do you, yeah, no, exactly. But do, do you think it was uh, that, 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 in the past, education was like really, oh, it's almost like a cost center. Uh, and, uh, oh, when you just need to educate people that they know something so they can get a job or, and, 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 and be successful in that, yeah, or be ready for their life, let's say. Um, and now maybe people see, hey, learning can be way more engaging and fun and enjoyable. And if you do it, then, uh, uh, um, uh, yeah, you, you can help people way better in, um, you get more fans, for example, but you really can help them. It, it, it is, I'm, I'm fascinating about why engaging in enjoyable, uh, well, maybe think, didn't get enough. I think uh, you went to class because you had to. And uh, this was, class. this was the educational system, uh, lifelong yeah. learning. Well, it's, it's still not mature. Um, it's, yeah, there are yeah. some courses in some, uh, this is not in all, uh, in not in all industries and the medical industry, you have to learn, but then still it's not engaging, uh, but you have to learn. So it's a bit more mature, um, but you had to learn. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't a really good reason unless it was, um, uh, the motivation of the teacher to make it, uh, engaging, but there wasn't really an external motivator um uh, to to create some sort of lessons that were engaging or attractive but now especially in the lifelong learning uh, field um you have to attract students yeah you only attract them uh if people yeah. start talking about it and when do they start talking about it when they enjoyed it when they thought it was really effective um and i think effectiveness will still be the first key uh to to create the good uh, course because it's functional but secondly yeah people will Probably with growth rep as well, right? 
if people enjoyed their course, probably they will refer towards, yeah, or they will uh, yeah. refer at least two or three other students. Uh, it's probably your best marketing. And this is not only for education or learning. This is probably in every industry the way to get new customers or clients. And that's basically in the lifelong learning uh, field uh, how we refer to uh, students or, or have. Yeah, yeah. I think the 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 maybe back in the days the benefits for also the the, the company um, hiring people was more like yeah we hire people and of course we want that you develop yourself but it was maybe not mm-hmm. number one priority or maybe not in the top priorities uh, and now they 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 have an urgency because hey we need to. Ch- because uh, stuff is changing so quickly on a technology level, but also on society level and all the stuff. So you need to you need to engage people. You need to make sure that they go to continue learning. Otherwise, if everybody's stuck in their way of like working and the way of like, oh, this is what I know, tools and knowledge, um, and that will not help going further. So um, I think the benefit, the, the the urgency for organizations, but also for the government. Is, is increasing a lot because if people don't do lifelong learning and it's all the technology and if it's now artificial intelligence or blockchain or 3d printing and new distribu- new marketing channels and new apps and new social media apps and dating is going different and buying a house is going different and all the stuff is changing continue uh, so we need to adjust ourselves and we need to start learning so that's probably the 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 the, the that's still in early sp- in early time, but the government and and also organizations probably start realizing step by step from oh shit we need to start making sure that people yeah, enjoy basically learning they, so they're going to and basically this is what good teachers do eh? stuff. Um, uh, of that they we try only to motivate their students um, and that's basically what yeah, uh, yeah what uh, what will help to get them engaged because if they're really like motivated yeah you can you can students are. But there is also a paradox of choice. Eh? Like uh, uh, we from Grow Tribe, we know uh, growth mindset is the, the one blocker. Second blocker is time for a lot of uh, people uh, to learn. And the third one is like paradox of choice. What do I need to learn? How deep should I learn something? And what should I learn next? Those questions. Are, are you helping them with that? Uh, uh, like, is there uh, how is growth so, doing that? Yeah. Are you? Uh, or is that so biased that you can't do it and the students should do it by themselves? No, I think more training companies and more uh, digital academies, let's say, uh, are, are focusing more on creating learning journeys and knowing really well what should you learn next. So first, identify where are you with your capabilities. We focus mainly on digital capabilities, of course. And then we identify where are people. We do a small test, uh, self-assessment, and then we see right away where are they with the mindset and where are they with it. Now, for example, with the data skills capabilities, and every company is now assuming a lot more data internally and externally, and every department needs to start uh, using that data in a way better way, uh, and a lot of people need to be trained um, in that in that field. And then we help them, and but just where sometimes we don't even create the content ourselves anymore. But we know you should learn this first two hours, and if you know this, then you should go to this course, or you should go to this video, or you should read those three articles. 
And if you would do that, and then if you have done this, then you can oh, go right. there and there. So we become more like a learning coach almost. Uh, like, uh, yeah, so you learn A and then B. And some people, they, they, they are further in certain domains so they can skip certain chapters or certain areas. Um, and then you make it again engaging and fun. Otherwise, you put everybody in a room and then uh, in, in a hotel and then uh, in a hotel and you say, oh, we're well, learning. Yeah, and then 20% of the people in the audience don't is like Is this also where growth is going further. to? Like to become more more some sort of, of coach? Because is, is this the guidance that students uh, 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 require or, or do they need it? Um, or is it already that people are so enthusiastic about learning that they will go towards you and um, you only have to provide them with courses um, and the group of students is increasing? Yeah, we do, we do, we do both. We have one on the one side, uh, individual courses, uh, so people can go with their own training budget or their own money. For example, if they're a mm -hmm. freelancer or an entrepreneur, they can go and come to our courses. And then on the other side, we're helping companies, helping with, with transforming their workers' force. So we make uh, learning way more fun and engaging, and then helping those companies like how do you transform and how do you take people uh, on, on yeah, and bring them from A to B and, and make sure that you do that in an effective, but mainly in an enjoyable way. Because I think a lot of people are a little bit sick of those boring learning programs and that don't what have it, no effect. What do you think yeah, about the, the, the personalized budgets? Yeah, normally the company would say, all right, you have 2,000 <laughs> euros per year, for example, and but uh, you have to ask permission and we will spend uh, money on it. Yeah. Uh, and now a lot of companies are changing towards the model that uh, hey, here's a two thousand euros. You can decide on uh, on what course you want to spend it. What do you think about it? Yeah, uh, budget uh, budget is not an issue. I think you see companies who are saying like, if we need to train people and we really want to develop them now, and the digital transformation is happening all the time almost. So we need want to support people. So some, some companies have huge budgets for their employees, but then and now we go a little bit more, nah, not technical, but the functional leaders in organizations, mm -hmm. they are uh, sometimes not providing the time for people to learn. So time is, pro is, is a really big blocker and then the paradox of choice. So, and then I also don't think it, it is pretty hard for people if you have a full-time job and you maybe uh, have kids at home and you need to bring them to football or hockey and a music uh, lecture less and and then and then you also need to study uh, mm -hmm. uh, five hours a week uh, to to keep up that's that's tough and so i think uh, organizations need to really rethink like we need mm -hmm. to spend time in the during nine to five where people can learn. And and that that is still a big step, I think, in organizations. And then and then the other one is more making in the, the engaging. Uh, and some people are there's only I think a small group, I don't know exactly the percentage, but like self-learners. Yeah. So people who are um uh, buying books themselves and reading stuff, uh, oh I am listening to sort of podcast, I'm doing this and this and this, but also in their in their field. And not only in 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 their hobbies or interest, um, that that group is still, um, it's not a big group, it's a small percentage, 
Um, and so you you definitely need like for example, who's buying a book of AI and then start studying that about, mm -hmm. about what the what art, what the impact is for artificial intelligence in my organization. But where do you start as a general as a general manager or you're just a manager in a company? Which book are you going to? What what where do you start? It's it's um, yeah. so I think a lot of people need guidance and then and then also there's so much to learn nowadays. Um, and I think there it's like, yeah, maybe in the future, sometimes I say that and I believe that yeah. people go, let's say four days working and the fifth day is dedicated on learning. And if that fifth day is so well organized and so efficient and what you learn is also connected to the business goals. Now we talk a lot about lifelong learning because that's what GrowTrack is focusing on, but on the business goals of the company. So then you make learning in, connected to the business goals of the company or the objectives. Then, then what you can learn on the fifth day, you can apply on the other four days mm -hmm. and, and probably you're more efficient and more productive in the, in those other four days. And that, that's, I think there, that's where, where the future will go. Um, because and who's paying for the fifth day? Technology is only accelerating. Who, who is paying for the fifth um, day? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Who's paying for the fifth day? Yeah, that, that's that's that's. Um, no, no the, the, it will be the the company, the employer. Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, and and you we and I also think that for new domains, I, the, the learning. Let's say the, the learning the first hundred the first thousand words of a language is difficult. Then you need guidance and coach. But if you know the first thousand words, for example, from a language, then you can start making some small sentences and you can continue further. So that's that's what we see a lot with new technologies, mainly in new digital skills and capabilities, mm -hmm. is that you just need to help them from zero to level one or two. And if they know level one or two, then ah, okay, now you I know this. And then if I want to, can, to learn to, to code, um, do more I should maybe just start with a course so and then later time. on I can do a much more, uh, yeah, much more myself. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's that, that first hurdle for when you learn something new, that's the hardest part most of the time. And if you help people in that first part, then after a while, uh, like if you take uh, crypto, for example, blockchain is a good example. Like if you want to learn, it is like you need studying like 20, 30 hours. You need to look at like, how is this working? What is this address? And what's this? And what's proof of stake? And what's what is mining? And what is holding? Whatever, all those terms. And you need to really, but if you know it over a while, then after mm -hmm. a while you can continue, you can go deeper into the rabbit hole, but you know the basics already. So this is, I think, um, uh, where we probably as society also need to support people. With the new, yeah, nice. the new um, new domains that are uh, popping up, and help them, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, rule, couple of yeah, but questions still. Uh, I just learned something new again. Right, but it's all, it's all fun. We know each other well, so that's, I like the conversation. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's that's part of this uh, podcast. Yeah, that's also the goal of this podcast. So, um, um, what are people I should interview in this podcast? Well, I'm quite interested in in, in school, uh, because just yeah, because they're they're quite big now in the Netherlands. Okay, uh, so I'm really uh, yeah. yeah interested in that. I would also really like to uh, mm -hmm. to hear some um, 
to some professors about it. Yeah, because they're in, in education, especially in the current system, there's quite a split. Eh? The, the, the ethic startups on the one side uh, and uh, the educational system referring towards um, uh, universities, University of Applied Science. And I'm really interested in how are they looking at technology um, um, and what do they think about what can be effective, which, yeah, or what should be more effective. Uh, because this helps us, uh, yeah. This this can be a very good insight for for startups to create mm -hmm. to create toolings and software that's much more helpful. Yeah, definitely. Maybe Nick van Dam. Cool. Nick van Dam. Will you send some names to me? Yeah. And, uh, then uh, who? Especially Nick? in the workforce uh, development. Luc yeah. van Dam. Luc. Okay. Luc van Dam. That's cool. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to invite probably Andre. I think he's gone at Schoola already, but someone maybe at Schoola or Andre itself, uh, if you can still. Uh, but that that's Schoola is super interesting with the model going using the parents to 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 find a business model and go uh, almost around. The yeah, and I'm, I'm also very interested in what uh, they think about like with the uh, inequality. Is this is this so creating a, yeah. a bigger gap or is it closing a, a gap? Because I like when I'm looking at it, yeah. I'm very interested in, I'm thinking that not every parent can afford Schoola. So I'm just really interested in, in how do they look at this in, in like uh, in 10 years time? Uh, will everybody have Schoola? Is it an extra? Uh, um, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, th I think this is definitely a topic that uh, we, uh, with Dutch EdTech uh, for the, the community that we're going to bring together with all EdTech uh, pioneers, uh, both startups, investors, big organizations, uh, private and public, um, but all decision makers in the EdTech space, we want to bring them together with Dutch EdTech. It's the community that Rule and I, together with Ruben Nieuwhuis, are going to start up as a foundation. But one of the topics there that we definitely want to organize some events around or panels or even more podcast guests is yeah, that, that inequality and um, uh, in the education space because it so goes so quick um, and, and you have more private companies as well, uh, which have a private model, but they also support, they also you know, help certain groups in our society. So there's definitely a big topic. Uh, I'm wondering how uh, certain members and- Hey, and don't forget uh, to mention that uh, the Ministry of Education will soon be the Ministry of Learning. We should ask every time yeah. you record a podcast, uh, we should ask the, uh, yeah, the, the so, interview <laughs> um, what they think. Should it be Ministry of Learning? Should yeah. it be Ministry of Education? And why? Yeah. So the, this is for, for the people who listen. Rule and I said, like, uh, you know, we're writing a small manifesto for Dutch EdTech as well, where we are writing down uh, we think the ministry of education should be renamed into the ministry of learning uh, and then we, we can see if we're getting well. closer or not so i'm really wondering what other people think of that one yes that's an interesting one so uh, yeah it, it, it's a it's a young field and it's going to some people are uh, in favor of all the technology changes and some people want to keep it in how it is and some people want to go quicker um so it will be um interesting topics and some debates and uh, but that's 
what we want to try uh, to do here is learn from each other and bring each other closer to each other. Um, so this this whole sector will um, accelerate uh, quicker uh, with innovation. That's definitely the goal. Yeah. Hey, uh, Rul, uh, um, I've uh, okay. So I wrote down a couple of people that we should invite. I think that would be um, and we should ask people uh, if they want to hear from, uh, like, if they want to see or hear, or like, that not see, but well. if they uh, want to hear uh, an interview with you. Yeah. Um, um, so people should people should send us mails, uh, an email if they or or message us if they want to uh, to hear an interview, uh, to give us names and uh, and add. Yeah. It's a really good point. Yeah. So um, uh, definitely for people, uh, send us a tweet uh, at Dutch EdTech or send us an email, uh, Rule or Peter at DutchEdTech.com. Uh, if you have any names or you want to be interviewed yourself uh, or you know interesting people who are operating in the EdTech space, um, we're definitely all ears. Uh, we're making a nice list. So uh, we want to do two or three podcasts uh, a week. Um, so uh, definitely uh, curious of all the names. Yeah, 100%. Rule, uh, anything no, I want to thank you. Thanks for starting this and, uh, and uh, all the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because then we're a bit more experienced. Yeah, no, definitely. And probably uh, we should do one again in three months. And then... Uh, see, yeah, there was a little bit more experience and we have a little bit more learning so we can be... Uh, so this was the test one. Uh, I, and uh, that's good. Um, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing. Um, uh, it was great for me as well. I learned some new stuff from from uh, from, from your project. Um, um, so thank you for the time and let's... Uh, let's um, stay... Um, yeah, let's stay in touch, but we already do this. But um, what I want to say is, like, let's have a look if we can uh, together bring this whole community together. Cool, let's do it. And then uh, invite some cool people um, for our events and podcasts. Uh, you the same. Cheers.